Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, everyone. So I wanted to hop in really quickly before the episode started to inform you some of the context of this interview. Me and Ari, who I interviewed, discussed um, self-care today. She is a self-care coach. But in the episode, we touched on some of the discussion of sage and crystals and the use of those as it relates to spirituality and wellness and we discussed how they are aspects of witchcraft and so in the episode we went into a little bit detail talking about the use of these things and so I wanted to let y'all know that I did attach a repentance prayer If you are someone that has utilized these and would like to repent, I attached a repentance prayer from a book that I um, have called Set the Captives Free by Bev Tucker. And so I will attach a copy of that prayer below for you, um, as well as the resource for that book. Um, And you will hear in the episode what we talk about. Um, And if you feel that you would like to repent, please do so. And we'll get the episode started. All right. I love you all. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I am your host, Rosalyn Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, everyone. I am super excited for another episode as we are doing an interview today. I am beyond excited to share this person with you. Um, I met her at the Find Your Voice Academy retreat in D.C., when I went to go for Tatum Tamia um, for the Blessed Boss Up podcast. And I got an opportunity to meet some phenomenal women, one which um, is Ari Smith. And she is going to be talking to um, myself and you all around the topic of self-care, as this is a very complex topic, but as well, she is like the expert. This is Ari Zhuzh. This is her thing. So go ahead and say, hey, girl. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for the warm introduction. That was beautiful, girl. (laughs) So I know. So (laughs) y'all, me and Ari know each other already, so we're going to act just as if we already do. And so I want her to um, just start by Ari, tell us a little bit about you. All right. Well, I am 30 years old. I am a mom. I'm a wife. I have kids. I have a one-year-old and I have an 11-year-old. So a huge range um, and of experience there. Um, I have a Oh, my husband is, we've been married for about four years. It'll be four years in May. Um, and I'm pretty much outside of my business, Bloom, a stay-at-home mom. So I've got like the working mom experience. I've got the stay-at-home mom experience. I'm a child of the King, a daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, and I, although those things define me, I realize that I do still have identity um, as an individual as well. So it is my passion, literally my passion, like deep down in my soul to help other moms, help other wives and just women in general to 
realize that about themselves. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about like this idea of self-care and like break down to us what you believe self-care is practically, spiritually. I know this is like a very hot topic and it's a word that is thrown around that people Mm kind of don't know. Like I can give you my thought process of self-care, but like, what do you believe self-care is? Okay. So Self-care uh, for me, like I have a complete definition, a whole definition that God Come on, gave me. Just give the whole definition, girl. <laughs> okay. Self-care is an introspective and continuous journey of learning and relearning who you are, like as a whole, and then finding the best ways of preserving that woman and fulfilling who you are in every way. So it can be classified as anything that opens you up in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. I like that. I really like that because I think I, so I'll give you a little background on me as my self-care journey. And then I want to ask you kind of where yours started, but I have always been Mm self-aware and I've always thought that that was a part of what self-care was. But then I learned when I was in counseling that self-care is, like you said, the introspection. I like how you put that, the introspection of always learning who you are because we do change over time. Mm-hmm. And I always thought like it meant I need to do something for myself or I need to mm-hmm. go somewhere. Or, But what I realized as I was kind of going through my healing process was that it was the aspect of me like putting boundaries up me yes. learning what my worth was, me like mm-hmm. understanding that I'm worthy to be in healthy relationships and I have to choose to be in unhealthy relationships and that overall impacted the way I took care of myself. So like that was like my right. breaking of it, but I know like you definitely have like a well with all um understanding of this even in a deeper way as you coach women through this but like tell us a little bit about your self-care journey in general like where did that start where were you at like take me all the way back okay so I had well there's two there's two parts of it Um, I was thinking about this earlier today because beforehand, before I got to this point, I felt like, you know, what I was doing as self-care was self-care. Like it was perfectly fine for me. That was fine. You know, before I got married, I was getting my hair done every two weeks, getting Mm -hmm. my nails done every two weeks. And, um, you know, if I wanted to eat something, I would eat whatever I wanted. And if I wasn't hungry, I didn't cook. Like, it was no big deal. And those things for me, that was self-care. You know what I mean? And it was Mm -hmm. fine. That was enough for me. But because I changed, when I got married, um, my husband already had a daughter. So she was seven. So I like Mm -hmm. to tell people I jumped into parenthood at the seven foot because she, we have full custody of her. Like, you know, we have her all the time. And so that was, that was a lot for me. Um, and then I just came into being a wife thinking I'm about to be a trophy wife. I want to be the best mom there is like, I'm about to be just the best of everything. It didn't really, I wasn't just satisfied just being married and being a stepmom. Like, no, I was about to be everything to everyone. Mm. And so, um, before our first year was even up, I was already empty. Wow. Um, and that it was really destroying my relationships. And it's funny to say my putting everyone else first because I love them was actually me giving them my worst. Girl, okay, pause before we even go five steps further and like <laughs> you're not even gonna go past go and collect collect all that money because that right there, a couple of things I heard you say in general and theme wise was expectations you put on yourself as mm-hmm. a new wife and a mom. But not only that, then this idea of because you felt like you had to do those things or like personal like goals, yes, but even feeling like obligated, quote yeah. unquote, to do so 
that it became a thing where you just kind of went into that and overkill it. But what happened was you became like burnt out. Exactly. So instead of giving everybody my best, I was giving everybody my worst because I didn't have anything in the tank for me. And honestly, and what I realized was I actually lost myself completely. I spent so much time trying to handle this for him, handle that for her. And I'm going extra in on my job. And I got this going on in ministry at church and I'm doing all this stuff. And then I completely negated like the things that I like and what I want to do. Like my money was gone anyway. So I felt like I couldn't get my hair and nails done anymore. If I saw something I liked, I couldn't buy it. You know what I mean? And so after a while, that wore me down. And I was just completely on E. But how did you know? How did you know, like, that was the feeling? Like, what were the initial triggers where you were, like, realizing that this is starting to become unhealthy? Well, it didn't really, it wasn't a process for me. Like mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was, that, that had happened until I was completely empty. I remember mm-hmm. having a phone conversation with my mom and just kind of like venting to her. And I, um, I said, I feel like mush. Like I feel like gray. Like I'm trying to remember what it was like to feel like myself and I didn't feel like myself mm-hmm. and it brought God brought back the image to me, something I actually saw on Facebook. It was like a meme or something. It was talking about how when butterflies are being created, you know, this caterpillar goes into a cocoon and their genetic makeup turns completely to mush. Like they literally go into nothing. And then from that state, they rebuild who they are into this beautiful butterfly and they're protected by that cocoon. I was like, that's it. I feel like I went into marriage and went into a dang cocoon. (laughs) Now I'm nothing and I have no idea where to go from here. And so, you know, during this time I was praying, I had my journal, I was constantly journaling, venting, telling God on my husband, snitching, like, I I don't know what to do with this man. I don't know what to do with him, Lord, what what did we get married for? I don't even remember. Like, just really being blunt and honest with God about how I felt. And, you know, through that, I was able to look back over the days that I've written and say, like, okay, I've lost me. What do I need to do? And so a friend of mine on Facebook, who actually is a clinical psychologist, she started a self-care challenge. And she was just like, if you want to join, give me your email, DM me your email, and I'll send you a daily prompt and we can go from there. So I was like, okay. I'm like, this is what I need. I need self-care. And then when she started sending the stuff out, it wasn't anything like I thought. I thought it was going to be, you know, this week your challenge is to, you know, go to take a bath and get some quiet time. Or mm-hmm. this this week your challenge is going to be this. This week your challenge is going to be It wasn't anything like that. It was all introspective. You know, spend five minutes thinking about the things in your life that make you happy. Spend five minutes today thinking about the stuff that doesn't make you happy. And literally like every day it was just like some, like a little five minute prompt that I could write about in my journal. And it was all introspective. And I started to feel a little bit more into in control of my life and what was going on. Really? Yeah. So kind of what I'm hearing is like, there was this, so self-care in, in general and kind of what I'm hearing you say, kind of the way that it started for you was not a doing of things or grabbing on the things to, like, I'm just kind of even speaking off top, like just not grabbing onto things to kind of make you feel secure or whole or anything like that, but grabbing onto yourself back again. And you said yes. that kind of gave you some control. Mm-hmm. Girl, that's deep. Slowly but surely, I was like starting to feel more in touch with myself because I hadn't even taken time to think about little stuff like that. Mm -hmm. No. And so just taking those five minutes a day to just say, okay, this is my self-care for the day. I'm going to write about this. 
And let okay. that be that. I was starting to feel a little bit more stronger, a little bit more like I was breathing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that really helped me. So I started to realize like, okay, so self-care isn't just what I thought it was. And not only that, I mean, those things are still important, but now that I'm a wife, now that I'm a mom, my life looks different. And so my self-care is going to look different. Yeah. Um, and God gave me eight areas. Well, I, you know, there are already classified eight areas of um, self-care, but okay. I call them petals because we're trying to bloom. Right. Mm-hmm. So have all these different aspects of your life where you are pouring out we pour out spiritually we're always you know fighting the good fight of faith Um, we pour out emotionally in our relationships we pour out mentally we pour out um, financially physically and even occupationally on our jobs we pour out so many different ways and so self-care is realizing what ways you're you know, depleting yourself and then pouring back in in all of those different ways. Girl, that's so good. Oh my gosh. That's deep. Yes. So I gave it to me. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. So like, okay. So how did you work? So when you kind of started that, because I do feel like in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to these like life-changing journeys, especially when those are, I feel like those are like stopping points where we then are like, we pivot and kind of turn a different way. How did that start to build upon now this is like become the thing that you even want to start teaching? So how did it become so ingrained in you and what shifted for you? I think the shift for me was once I, it it naturally, the more introspective I became of myself, it naturally became, um, part of who I was because you know Mm -hmm. like the things that you think consistently become your actions and then the things you do consistently become your habits and your patterns so the more I learned about myself the more I was able to I was confident enough to say or even comfortable enough to say well that's not me this is me or I don't like that I like this and you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying it just started Mm -hmm. to everything starts to fall into place but we have to start with ourselves and so um, it took a lot of being honest with myself being honest with God and then he gave me the courage and the clarity to be honest with other people about what I needed and advocating for myself and everything started to you know fall into place that way God actually told me to start sharing my self-care journey it wasn't even necessarily something I wanted to teach. It was just that I felt like I was sitting on something so big mm-hmm. and it was right around the time where people really started talking about self-care. But when you see it, it's always these outside things or it's always like, even with the, there's like a new spiritual aspect of it now mm-hmm. where it's like, all oh, my self-care is channeling my ancestors and like they got the flower or the not the flower sorry the sage and the candles and stuff like that and I'm like no 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 (laughs) you know and so God was like start sharing your self-care journey yeah openly and be transparent about it and the more I did that out of obedience the more he gave me more um like more of a clear step by step but this is what you need to do try this do this do that and he showed me a logo and I gave it to my husband because he's a graphic designer and he created one for me for exactly the way God gave it to me. And everything just kind of fell into place that way. Yeah. But it really started with getting getting really one with myself, one with God. Yeah. And he took me the rest of the way. Yeah. And I want to go back because I think that you said a couple really good things. I do want to talk about that sage and all that stuff because I want to say something about that myself. (laughs) But I want to say the part about the more you started to work on you internally, like Mm -hmm. that was the shift because especially for because I was going to ask you, like, what do you think and what do you what do you think is the tough part about people doing that? Because I say all the time, especially for people going to counseling, but even in general, just in our walk with God, like we have to do the work. It's not going to be given to us to just like 
hear and not do anything. Like that's Mm -hmm. the part where we have to do and apply. And I think that's the thing that when I was in counseling, I believe was the shift for me was I was like desperate to do the work because at that point I I had tried everything outside to try to fix whatever I was feeling emotionally, but all the while I'm still suffering. And it wasn't until God like started to show me the deep parts of myself and like childhood and like talking to that little girl inside of me that was like hurt at age eight, not knowing like how deep that was and how deep that trauma was that it, when it started, when I started to talk about it and process it, the power came back to me because it was like, I'm rediscovering a part of me that I, at 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, would try to push down to just not Mm -hmm. think about. And when I did that, I realized I have so much power in me because I'm willing and wanting to go there to give that to God. And then ultimately heal from it. And so I think that what I, like I said, what I learned over time was just like, I had the power. And even just talking about, you know, this, this new perspective people are having with sage and crystals and, you know, new age things. And like, first of all, like before you start even doing all this stuff, y'all need to one, ask God, is this what I need to do? Let me just say that. But, but, and also to like research where these things are coming from, Mm. because when we, when we're hurt and we have trauma, we cannot put a bandaid on stuff by quote unquote sage in our house or doing these things that have roots to demonic things to try to fill a void or fix something or bring good energy because when God comes into the picture to do anything, he's coming to completely transform you. Yes. Not for you to like, quote unquote, have good energy. Like, no, ma'am. He died for it to be, it was finished. Come on now. And so when we talk about self-care and what are you like, like in her ministry, like in general, like girl, y'all need to listen to her podcast because she's hitting those deep things If Jesus said he came to save us, he came to give us life. That is not for us to take objects or things that are like man-made things in that sense to try to make us feel better. Like the prayer that we, I mean, the thing that we need is the blood of Jesus. That's it. We have authority to call those things out. Not for us to be hurt to then go to these things for them to be the source. Exactly. Because at that point, we're idolizing mm-hmm. those things and not God. Now, I can go to a whole thing about <laughs> how this so is witchcraft and all that. Yeah. And I just, and that's where I get frustrated because we cannot be forgetting that God's kingdom is forever. These things that people are putting so much clout in that aren't of God to say like these things will make you feel better. It it becomes a thing where we're not even searching the word of God to see if this is it. And like that becomes, we then become fallen because we're not searching the scriptures. Now, if you are in that, and I I know you got a whole opinion, sis, (laughs) but if you are in that, go to God, ask for forgiveness and repent and let God heal you the way that he wants to heal you by transforming your life. Like when God comes into us, he wants to, when he says, renew your mind, he wants you to turn a completely different direction. And so I think that's where we have to go to God and not go to things. And even trying to say like, well, I sage my house, but I pray. But what's the purpose of you saging your house if prayer is the only, if prayer is the thing that you should do? Girl. Like it it takes it take it you're trying to add to add to God. He don't add none to that man. Like that man's word stands forever. <laughs> don't add none to him. And it's and it's and it's a thing of 
like just knowing we have to go to God first and that be completely all we need. Because when we put our faith in other things, we're adding to stuff and we don't even know what we're allowing ourselves to be exposed to spiritually. Girl, that's the key right there. That's the key right there. So a lot of the things that we do, not in my question, because it's it's really so much that what so much of what you said. The first thing you said was you're really just putting a band aid on it, and when God comes in, when Christ is coming in trying to do something, He does it in total and completeness. A lot of times, um, it stops right there. Like Can I pause you real quick? Can I pause you real quick? Because I want to say this part too. Sorry, all right. Because I think we need to also name the fact that the enemy, everything the enemy does that's against God is is a counterfeit. Like he never, he what he does is try to counterfeit God for power. And so... It's witchcraft. That's I mean, like, let me just be frank and just be bold and say what it is. It's witchcraft. And we don't realize it, y'all. But it is serious when we don't put the blood of Jesus Christ over what we need and we put other things that are counterfeits to God. We are then operating outside of the will and putting idols in front of God. And that's not that's not what this is. Girl, I'm all. just gone here. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean you said you literally you hit every point, you hit every nail on the head, and really like you're opening yourself up to demonic things. It doesn't feel like it because you're right where they want you to be. So it's like, you know, what's the point in fighting you? They got you to do what you want, what they wanted you to do. But eventually yeah your life will wreak havoc because they in here. You know what I'm saying? Like you staging your house and all this stuff and you burning the candles and you might be, you know, um, how people just getting, being one with their ancestors and stuff like that. Uh, uh, I wish some dead person would come talk to me. Like, no, it makes absolutely no sense. So why would you try to tap into that into the spirit? You know what I mean? It's become so normalized now and it's just such a slippery slope and like you said when God is doing something he does it completely so it's not just some simple answer where you just burn this candle or you burn this herb and you're then you your life is cleansed you're you're good after that no it's not that you have to do the work and doing the work is not crystal doing the work is really digging deep and so, and I think yeah. that's the hardest part about self-care is because it's really like nobody wants to really look at the ugly part of themselves. And like, I, I like to call it doing yeah. the groundwork. You really have to till that ground. If you're going to sow any seed, you're going to have to look deep. And sometimes you find some old dead stuff. Sometimes you find some toxic stuff. You don't know what's down there because it's something yeah. that's neglected underground but you have to yeah. go into your heart and really dig deep and try to figure out what are some of the things what are the reasons why I do this or what's the reason why yeah. I do that and figure out where your cycles are coming from so that way yeah. you can move forward and not you know engage in toxic relationships or toxic behaviors because you've done you've dug deep and you've gotten to the root of the thing and that's really yeah. what that's where you really need to go into. Yes. But Sage is yeah. not gonna keep toxic people from coming into your Man. home if you still have the same cycles and the same habits and relationships. That's not how it works. That's a joke. Yes. That's a lie to get you to start Man. doing it. Like, don't believe the lie. Yeah. And I think too, y'all, like it's the work is God completely changing you. And and hear me when I say this, because clearly God wants us to talk about this. Hear me when I say this, the grace of God, the love of God, the blood of Jesus is the remission for our sins. God can completely, we, we go to God and repent for these things. So if this is something that you have been doing, whoever is listening to this, go to your father and repent. And say, forgive me for doing these things. Wash me, cleanse me, make me whiter than snow and help me to turn away 
but teach me, provide resources, provide people to teach me your word and how to do this walk with you the way that I'm supposed to. Because even then, it may just be out of not knowing, thinking that this is what I should do. Out of just exposure, you see people do what you think, or you see people that, you know, who say they, who, who are quote unquote Christians and like, you know, are doing these things and they are, they don't know. Mm -hmm. And it becomes like, well, maybe I should just try and see, but really pay attention to your spirit, man, because that's the thing that's going to lead you. Right. And so, um, you know, all right, we done went off on all this, but girl, like, yeah, that's the and thing. I think I want to add work. one more thing is so when you are going before God and asking him to, um, to forgive you and to cleanse you from the things that you are doing. Also ask him to close some of the doors that you might've opened spiritually unknowingly to protect yourself. Cause you really have to completely undo everything that you did and start fresh. So ask him to close the doors that were open so that you can be safe on your journey and moving forward. Like what I mean, uh, open the windows just like you did when you was burning the sage and pray and cast everything out because we are opening ourselves up to so much stuff and it feels relaxing at the time. But the moment you decide to go against it, no. And so I want to make sure that everybody, I just want to add that in there to really help you to, because you've gotten into the spiritual yeah. realm, you're going to have to fight them off. And yeah. it's serious. And we fight with the, we fight with the blood of Jesus. Right. Like you are covered when you repent. And, but it is a repentance because we have, even if I were to already like go and I mean, I can't think of nothing really like, but you know, go, I don't even want to say that. Cause that just seems like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, I was gonna say like, you know, commit adultery or something like that. Like that. I mean, I don't know. Just anything you do, God can forgive you, but you have to repent. That is the answer. And God offers that freely to us as his children. There is no, there is nothing that we could have done against God to where he cannot forgive us. And and I know that we are on a tangent about this, but obviously trust him. The work is digging up with God. Your trauma, believe me, God knows he was there. He understands and he gets it. The Bible says that we don't serve a high priest who doesn't understand our pain. Yes. yes. Okay, like when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was sweating blood. There is actually a psychological symptom. I'm not a psychological symptom. Um, 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 event like I forgot what it's called, but that occurs where when you're sweating blood, the emotional pain that is is like literally agony to where your blood vessels in your head burst and they make sweat. Jesus, I mean they they sweat blood. So the agony Jesus was going through when he was about to go to the cross, that is an emotional agony. So for our savior to feel that agony, to then take on our sin, even so much as burning sage, so that we have the ability to go to God and ask for repentance, he understands which is why he sent his son. That's it. And so whatever this is, go ahead and just repent and do the work. Okay? Sis, girl, my bad. I didn't even know we was going to do this, girl. There's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. It's just going to be a... That's why it's a journey. It's lifelong. There's never a point where you're like, okay, I have arrived when it comes to self-care. That's not yes. it. Like it's a continuous yes. thing. And so you've experienced some things, you've learned some things. Just keep going. 
going. Keep digging. Keep facing your giants. Keep facing the ugly stuff that happened to you. And God will see you through it. It's it's not something that we have to run from. It's nothing about you that he doesn't already know anyway. So just surrender Mm -hmm. it to him and let him guide you through because I... I mean, I haven't arrived, but because I trust in him and I'm obedient to what he tells me to do, he I'm winning for real. Like, it's not Back. easy by any means, but with him holding my hand and walking me through and telling me where to go, like, it's not nearly as scary as it was when I was ready to end my life because I was having it, uh, such a hard time with life and I didn't know what I was doing yeah you know yeah. so i mean just just trust him just trust him see and pain can make us feel that way when, really and like can. you said with the introspection i think with introspection too it allows us to realize like the power of holy spirit and the power that he gives us to enable us to do these things so i'm gonna just kind of hit on like the like the point of um with you kind of being a mom and a wife like what are the some of the common things that you see the most or what would be some like things that you would be challenges as it relates to self-care as a mom and a wife? Well, I think the first challenge is that um, we have to wrap our minds around the fact that it's not all outward things. When we think about mm-hmm. self-care as being... Um, you know, making sure you get your bath or making sure that you get your hair and nails done. You're missing out because that's religious hygiene. Like, and then if you, yeah. about, if you really think about it as like, you know, a, the things like these luxurious things that you need to do. Well, as a mom and a wife, you might not have the time or the resources to do that because you're already giving all of that to your family. But so the biggest part to me is, you know, realizing that it is introspective and starting there. Once you're looking at it as an introspective journey, then you're like, okay, well, if it's really just thinking and processing things, I can do that. You know, I can we already think about our lives and what we may struggle with or what we would like to be different. Take that time and make it more productive or, you know, sit down with a professional and talk those things out. You know, be able to see yourself enough as as a priority where you can say, this is something that I need to budget for. You know, I need to go to a therapist or even go to your job. A lot of times our jobs offer um, some sort of assistance for counseling, but we don't know to yeah. ask those questions. Go to your um, HR and ask yeah, them, too. you know, do you guys cover or first three sessions or whatever, but do what you have to do. And that is work. called EAP. That's called EAP, Employee Assistance Program. Perfect. And so if you do offer that, your job, your HR department would know. So you can ask them, do you all offer an EAP service? Yes. So, I mean, like, you know, the first part of it is being able to realize that it's introspective. And then the second mm-hmm. part of it is just being willing to do the work. Um, it's it's hard mm-hmm. to look at yourself. Yes. And, you know, sometimes you see the flaws first. And, and that's okay, because that's where you need to start in order to move forward and say, okay, so this is what I'm struggling with. Now I can come up with ways to move past that or I've dug deep enough where I found the root I found out that this Mm -hmm. because this happened to me then you can move past that but once you do it that way once you really dig deep and you move forward you can break those generational curses and keep them from happening to your children once you're comfortable with yourself on the inside once you're healthy and whole on the inside then you'll start to produce other healthy and whole things so, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it really it really starts with our mindset and how we look at self-care and then the yeah. willingness to really, like, keep going and realizing that it's mm-hmm. a journey. So give yourself yeah. grace and take your time. Definitely. So, so how do you think that self-care is valuable in our relationship with God? I think our relationship with God... And our relationship with self-care is one in one in hand. Like it goes both ways. It works together. 
because he is our manufacturer. He created us. He, Ooh, he created good. you to the point where he knows every hair on your head. So he knows you inside and out. We're the ones that's trying to figure out who we are. So how do you figure out who you are without talking to the person that created you? You know what I mean? Like, He's mm-hmm. the one that can tell you how to take care of you the best, not in the way that's most comfortable for you, but in the way that is going to heal you in a way that's going to break generational curses yeah. and in a way that is going to um, put you in position to be who he created you to be. Yes. Yes. And to just like change your mindset. Like that's, I, I really, really rely on the scripture of like renewing your mind yes. because it is so important and I think when you think of renew that's a constant thing that we have to do girl like the amount of and I don't think that like when I and even when I was talking about going to God for forgiveness like forgiveness even in times like now is still a thing like God what have I done that has been against you that I have like hurt you yes forgive me because I may not know. And this is an everyday process. Mm -hmm. And like you said, with the self-care part, with it being a value in our relationship with God, God wants us to be introspective. God wants us to have the awareness of Holy Spirit. He wants us to be aware of our triggers and the things that impact us Mm -hmm. and the things that drain us. So that way, when we feel that way, we know we can come to him, but we also know that that's a means of us learning how to say no. Yes. Us learning like, hey, I need a break. All of those things. Yes. Dead on. Okay. So, and so, so tell me like, how is self-care even valuable in our relationships? And like, especially when it comes to, I mean, people have different relationships when it comes to family parental uh parent relationships marital relationships but even more so just like in general friendships like how is self-care of value even within our relationship with other people and I got definitely have something to say to that but I definitely <laughs> want to hear your opinion well that is what I like to call social self-care so when it comes to your relationships um it's more of like it looks like setting boundaries it looks like speaking up for yourself. It looks like advocating for yourself, being able to find your voice. Um, it looks like having positive relationships and knowing how to handle um, the negative Ooh. ones. Um, it looks like having standards. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And yeah. in, in that <clears throat> being able to even have healthy expectations of the people around you. Like I Girl. I just got to the point where God healed me from the inappropriate expectations that I had on my friends to the point where I was hurt. Like I'm cutting people off. I'm like, listen, I'd have been through way too much with all of my friends and blah blah blah. And it's just like, okay, well, you was expecting this out of them. Like you were expecting yourself out of them. Like not just knowing them for who I created them to be and then loving them for who they are instead of expecting God from people. You know what I'm saying? That's really the root of it is, you know, I'm expecting you to be exactly the way that I am. And no, I am me. You are you. He created you with your own strengths and weaknesses. That's who I should be. I should be appreciating you for who you are instead of saying, oh, I need, they're not doing this for me. They're not doing this for me. Like, okay, God is like, I got you in them areas. You know, maybe he put you um, in relationship with certain people for sp- certain reasons and our self-care is asking God what was the pu- what's the purpose of this relationship so that you can steward that relationship the right way and not no be good. expecting all types of stuff from them that you're not going to get or you know maybe he can tell you this is how much of yourself that you need to give and then this is where you need to set up that boundary so that you're protected and so that your feelings aren't hurt Yes. Yeah. And even practically, I think that goes back to what you said about you, uh, you wanting you out of the friendship, because I think that that is such a, 
I think there are things that friends, like, of course, when we're friends, there's a relationship and there's probably some type of relational thing where you give and receive. But I think that there can be sometimes, like you said, an expectation we put on the people we're close to Mm-hmm. because we expect people to do what we do and that's not always the case like right. I the way that I would define it when I was in counseling was my therapist kind of said define your squad like mm-hmm. find somebody you can talk to about marriage find somebody you can talk to about business right. find somebody you can talk to about money find somebody you can talk to about just people that you can talk to about work and identify those people for those categories. And then if you have one person who encompasses all of those areas, lean on that person for all of those needs. But I'm not going to talk to my friend who I talk to about marriage. She may not be the best person to talk to about finances. <laughs> and I can't have the expectation, mm-hmm. expectation to get financial advice or what or whatnot. When she may tell me, girl, I don't talk about that because my husband handle finances. Well, sis, I need some money help. Right. And now you mad I at her. You're you like, well, dang, that. I took her advice and now I'm exactly. broke. <laughs> and then everybody just don't want to help me and nobody asking me how I'm doing in this area. But truly, it's like, I think that can be a perspective shift that we need to have where we even categorize friendships. And that doesn't mean that friends can't be for you in those areas. But where all I love how you said we handle the, I don't I think you said negative ones, but even how we handle the ones that are different in other areas. Mm-hmm. And I think we just have to be okay with, and I'll say this too, when it comes to cutting off friends, going to God about that, because there were certain friendships that God took out of my life last year that were hurtful. Mm-hmm. Like when I say like pain for months, mm-hmm. hurtful relationship broken off or cut off. But in the process of that, God had to show me what I did wrong mm-hmm. so that when I received a new friendships, I knew how to then approach those friendships yes. differently yes. and like not put all of my expectations on them, not call them every like time I needed advice, but like sit with myself for a minute and be like, okay, Rosalind, you need to talk to yourself. But then also to go back into that space of like what I said earlier, Ari, about identifying those friends for different reasons. Exactly. And God will show you, he'll show you the purpose of that relationship and how far you need to go and all of that. And that's part of your self-care. That's why I say that your relationship with self-care and your relationship with God go hand in hand. Like you can't mm-hmm. do it without him because he, or he knows all the answers. He's the cheat sheet. So it's like, no, I need you to tell me how to maneuver in this area so that I'm protected or so that I'm doing it the right way so that I'm cared mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so even as a mom, what do you think you've learned most about like your self-care journey as a parent? Because I think that that's hard for some people and learning balance with that. Um. Well, it's, it's there's so many different facets to it, but, you know, they all connect and uh, relate with my children because I'm their example. They see me. So they're watching my self-care journey. And in that, I'm teaching my daughters what it looks like to be a woman who knows herself, a woman who's comfortable in her skin, um, a woman who knows what she has control over, what she doesn't, um, how to communicate, um, how to take care of my body, like how to take my, care of myself inside and outside because I advocate, I advocate mm-hmm. myself for myself to them. So they know how to mm-hmm. advocate for themselves to me and to mm-hmm. everyone. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they see me, they know it. Even my 11 year old, she'll ask me like, mom, you have some water today. Like she's, she's on it because she knows what self-care looks like. Um, I've, mm-hmm. I've even um, implemented it into um, some of her daily and weekly responsibilities, like just like chores, one of the things on her list is to talk to somebody about how she feels. And so she knows that that's something that she needs to do. She feels better afterwards. And I'm learning she in that she's learning um, emotional intelligence and all types of good stuff. 
So it's just because it's who I am, it's becoming part of my parenting style. And um, it's just, I don't know, it's like it's created a whole kind of dynamic and just like a whole um, vibe in our home. Um, Self-care is just really important. And so they know the language, they know what to look for, and they're comfortable in themselves. So I'm proud of that. Yeah. So practically, what does that look like? Do you have any uh, specific routines that you do or things that you do to kind of check in with yourself or questions you ask yourself? Like, what does that practically look like? Well, um, it initially starts with prayer. If I have time to do it in the morning, I do it in the morning. If I something happens where I can't get it done in the morning, it happens at nap time when the kids are napping while my daughter's at school or while everyone is in bed at night. But I do have to make sure that I check in with God and they do see that um, depending on the time of day, they do see that. And also um, just the way that I process my negative emotions. A lot of times I might get overwhelmed or frustrated and I have to really sit and think for a minute, like, okay, why did I just snap? What happened? Was there a buildup of things that I ignored? Um, Was it the way that someone spoke to me? What was it about what they said that triggered me? Like I know now because of really because of therapy is where I can credit that to where I really needed to learn how to um, pinpoint and acknowledge what my trigger, what my triggers were. And then I could work from that, from that at that point. So it even looks, you know, different with my marriage. Practically, if there's something that I'm upset about, now I know, hey, babe, we need to have a timeout. He knows what a timeout is. We came up with a whole little agreement when we have timeouts. Um, there's no yelling, there's no cussing. You're not allowed to get offended because I'm being completely honest with you. He knows this is part of my self-care journey and it's helping him as well. He'll tell me, uh, I need a timeout later. So, you know, it's like, okay, so we sit in there and it's like, okay, we're not allowed to get offended. This is what happened. And we're not going to get up until we get to the root of it or we come to a solution. And that has helped a lot. So we do the same thing with our kids. Like we need a family meeting. I'm, I need you to sit down. Like we need to talk about this. And I mean, those are some of the things that we can practically do to really like in the moment, don't let an offense dig in, stop it right then and there and say, wow, that really bothered me. Dig into that and figure out what it was. Talk to the people around you, lean on your circle, lean on your family. Like, they're in our lives. We're living with them. They don't want to be the source of our problems. They don't, you know, and it just talking things through helps you learn about yourself as well. Cause they're going to tell you yeah. like, nah, you didn't yeah. even realize that you was going back on what you said, you know, yeah. so really like in, in the moment, deal with things as you can deal with it. If you got to put a pen in it, put a pen in it, actually go back to it and deal with it. So practically, yes. that's what that's what it will that's what it looks like for me. And be yes. honest and honest with yourself. Yeah, and I think the kind of what you have described is just like this huge ability to like identify, like even describing your daughter and like how that has been and impacted her life. You're like teaching yourself emotional language. Mm. Which is I'm, which I'm huge about emotional language. Like you need to be able to identify, like what what is actually you're struggling with, but just the ability to stop, think through, and I think like you said that it credits to therapy, but it gives you the space to like process with yourself and coach yourself through. But also, if that's a problem, like who do I need to lean on? Who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to go to to be able to kind of get through this process yes. or whatever I'm whatever I'm having issues with. Yes, ma'am. So, okay. So kind of in wrapping up, what would be like in the starting process? Cause let's just say in the sense that people are starting, what would you say would be something you would want to, or let's just say quick advice you would tell somebody um, if they were, one, wanting to start their self-care journey. And then two, um, for context, like what are some ways that you even help coach your clients through 
like their own self-care journey? I know I asked two very different questions. Can you repeat the second question for me? So the first, also the second question is like, what are some ways that you even like um, teach your clients like and coach them through their self-care journey? Okay. So initially, if you want to start your self-care journey, my uh, straight across the board, um, sorry, advice that I would give is to get a journal. Uh, even if you don't like to write, you don't consider yourself to be like a writer or you're not really good with words. There's no pressure. Nobody is reading this. It's just you. But it's important to put something down on paper that you can look at. Just thinking about something. Sometimes we forget about it a week later. You don't remember exactly what you said word for word. You need to keep track of this progress. So write write and write about yourself, write about what you like, write about what you don't like. And then you can go deeper. Why do I like this? Why don't I like these things? Um, And then moving forward, you can see, okay, so I like this because of this. What are some ways that I can implement more of this in my life? Or I like this about, I don't like this about myself. And this came from this. So now I, I know the root of it, like just like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But taking that time to really be introspective and having a way that you can go back and look at this, you can start to see your journey forming. You can start to see yourself change. You can see yourself developing on this paper. God has given you a mirror now. And uh, it really, really helped me. So when you're getting started with your self-care journey, that's what I would say to do. Get a journal and little by little every day, whatever little time you have, five minutes on lunch or 10 minutes before the kids get off the bus, whatever you have to do, take that time for yourself and be introspective, be honest, even ask God to show you you through his eyes so that you can see stuff that you would normally miss. And he will start to show you. And then you just writing this stuff down and keeping track. You'll be able to see different ways where you can implement self-care and where you need it. And um, when it comes to like actually coaching, it's more almost like you're on the phone with a friend and you're vending about something. And it's just like, okay, well, this is giving me, when you said this, it reminded me of this. And you know what I'm saying? So it's really just like a case by case thing. Um, there's never like a blanket piece of advice that I really can give to everyone. Um, I just, cause it's very individualized. It's based super on the individualized because it really, everybody, you might have the same struggles, but your trigger is different or your root of it is different. It happened different for you, or it has a different consequence for you because of your, you know, your life situation or whatever. So it's kind of yeah. hard to say because everybody is so different mm-hmm yeah yeah okay that's good oh wow this is really good well sis do you have anything else you want to share where can people find you at uh well first I want to say thank you so much for allowing me on your platform for thinking of me um in yeah, this aspect girl. girl I know that you love me. I love you. We have mad respect for each other. <laughs> but, you know, I would be remiss to not say thank you because I really, really do Girl, appreciate I really do appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about something that I love so much. Um, yes, if you ma'am. want to find me, you can find me on Facebook at Let's Bloom Together. You can look at or you can find me on Instagram at Bloom with Ari. Um I have a website, www.letsbloomtogether.org. Um, all of my updated information will be on any of those three platforms. You can also schedule a self-care coaching session with me through my website as well. And then my podcast is on pretty much all podcast platforms. Let's Bloom and Together. It is self-care bomb. It is bomb. Do you hear me? Y'all? Bomb. So good. Just as I love you. (laughs) Yes, I will link all of Ari's information below. Um, I also am going to link a prayer, which I'll give an intro in the beginning of the podcast, a prayer of repentance that I have for um, if anyone wants to do a repentance prayer, I have an actual copy of one. I'm going to link it 
below. It's out of a book. So I will definitely accredit the source um, in the show notes, but I will link a copy of that prayer as well. All right. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I will talk to you soon. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.